This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, are you okay with graduating from high school and college at the same time? That is one eager student, and it's here on the Shift Podcast. Young farmers are having to get creative to get their start in agriculture. Buying a farm is expensive. Benoit Curie is with Lartere, an organization that helps set up young farmers on farms with retiring owners to learn how it works, get an access point in the door. And he tells us why his organization needs to do this and why the cost of farming is so high in Canada. It's like when you applied for your first job and they're like, you need to get some experience. And you're like, I need a job to get experience. No, you need to get some experience. No, I need a job. What comes first? That's what's happening in farming right now. It's all in the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you okay? Okay. Okay. Are you okay with... Hey, look, Ryan O'Donnell's here. He's in downtown Calgary. I'm Shane Hewitt. I'm in Airdrie, city of Airdrie, on the north side of Calgary as well. Are you okay with this very simple notion? Some fun stories, playful ones, sometimes scary ones. Get your thoughts, 877-399-9898. Let us know, are you okay with grad? You know what I love about grad? Graduation. What do you love about grad? It's all the really cheesy signs and cards that say, Congratulations. Ulations. Mm-hmm. I love it. Those are the best mm-hmm. cheesy cards ever, the congratulations cards. So my son's graduating this year, so that's super exciting. Weird. Yeah, it's but. amazing. It's it's a really special and amazing moment. Like it's it's I, I'm kinda sad that I won't have another graduation of my own. I mean, there's a chance, you know, if I ever have a kid, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. I love grad and <laughs> when I graduated from SATE, I had to cut it a little close. Because I went and saw Judas Priest in Edmonton the night before, so really? that's my one of my favorite bands of all time. So we rocked mm. out to some heavy metal and uh, got up at six thirty in the morning and mm-hmm. made it back to Calgary in record time. And I was home for twenty minutes, changed out of the road trip clothes into the gown and all that, and made it to Sate for the ceremony with like fifteen minutes to spare. Really? Yeah. Eh? Yeah, it was pretty uh, cool. Kind of took away some of the focus of the grad, but made it happen. My mom okay. said she would kill me if I missed it. So there was some good motivation there to keep it going. What year did you graduate? 2019. God, that's mind-blowing. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So here, so when my son graduates this year, um, the number one song you know, that's really kind of a, a dancey, what, like the, the number one of the dancey songs, just kind of mm-hmm. as a bit of an example, is probably Calm Down, right? Like this is sort of like, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the grad songs, right? I don't know. It's not like, maybe not very dancey, but this is probably going to be one of the songs that, you know, the grad parties really, you know, kind of light up for everybody, right? Like, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. A little vibe to it. It's all right. Maybe some SZA, Miley Cyrus remixes. I don't know. So that's that. Which one? Yeah. What, it's what do you think it is? It's pretty good. It's changed a lot. Do you want to know what mine was? Well, I, I was going to guess that yours was probably this one. So don't say it yet. Don't this say is, it. Probably. This is probably the song that was the big at your grad party. Yep. Was it really, hey? Yep. God, I haven't heard this song in a while. Right? 
Oh, that's funny. Um, wait, wait, what about you? Yeah, um, do you want to know what mine was? I think I mine was really way curious. better. Um, probably was. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah. For dance songs, anyway, yeah. Right? Man. This was, I feel like this is, uh, I have, there's two notables here that also should probably be thrown in there just for the sake of, um, for a little, uh, Rex and Effect. And I, I feel like the, the cringy one. Uh, what year? This one. <laughs> what year is this? this is 93. 93. Man. I can just like hear this and imagine you watching like the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, like prime time basketball, this kind of music, baggy pants. Like I can picture it so clearly yeah. in my mind. I wasn't That's even alive. So I wasn't even alive. Thanks for that. That was sorry. That wasn't. <laughs> I didn't mean that to be. Yeah, awesome. Hey, I was, was born great. in three years later. That's absolutely. Yeah. I know because I was DJing with your parents. Yeah. When they yeah, met, yeah. you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, want to no, talk no. about Valentine's Day in a hot tub? No, I don't. I'm good. All right. Um, all good. Yeah, we're all good. Anyway, grad. Uh, I'm gonna let this play a little knocking boots in the background because. I just noticed it and I haven't heard it in forever. I got it. Sorry, we got to let it start. Um, Tristan Andrade, 17 year old high school student from Arizona, had his sights set on his future, and it's bright. Andrade is expecting to. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can't see Shane's face on the on the Zoom call right now. Ah, that's a good is, song, man. This he is, is it. transported back in time. He's been loving it. Right? That's good really stuff. Right. Anyway, uh, the story about this uh, kid from Arizona, 17-year-old Tristan Andrade is expected to graduate from high school in June, but unlike most soon-to-be grads, he has a little more to celebrate, namely three college degrees at the same time. Oh, say can you see A beautiful voice that stops you in your tracks. A 17-year-old with an incredible story. I'm going to be graduating with an associate in artificial intelligence, computer science, and mathematics. Tristan Andrade is doing big things. He first started taking college classes when he was in sixth grade. And by the time he was in eighth, he dual enrolled through Australia Mountain Community College. He dual enrolled, homeschooled which allows me to pursue both my high school diploma and my college degrees at the same time. I just wanted to get a head start. Tristan's dad says it wasn't always easy, but he pushed through and made it happen. I'm just absolutely amazed that he was able to do all of this in a time that most people, you know, haven't even graduated high school. They're just thinking about, you know, what colleges to go to or studying for SAT. And now all that hard work has paid off. It definitely comes as a surprise to some people. It's possible. Anybody can do it. Tristan credits his family and the staff here for providing such great resources and guidance. Everybody here was very respectful and supportive. For Tristan, this is just the beginning. I want to be an AI engineer. Um, first of all, I don't think just anybody can do it. Second of all, good yeah. work, sir. Third of all, <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I could never, I could barely get through the classes I had in high school. And my final semester was musical theater, English, 
and drama class and a fourth period spare. And I still would not have been able to do any college courses. So yeah, that, that kid. Yeah. Bright future. In September, Andrade will continue his academic journey at Arizona State University, where he's now going to be the dean. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, where he is set to major in AI and computer science as part of an accelerated four plus one program that would earn a bachelor's and a master's degree. He dreams of one day becoming an AI engineer. <laughs> oh, never mind. Uh, come on, brain. Don't fail me now. For now, Android, who will sing the U.S. national anthem at his grad, is ready to engineer his future. I, nope. 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 No, I'm just having a little argument with uh, my notework filled with kindness and support, not mm-hmm. cutting people down because it's funny, <laughs> but yep. it's really funny. Uh, it's my brain. Just have a little argument with my brain. That's what's going on in my brain. And uh, we're not going to make jokes because uh, he's uh, clearly uh, in, uh, amazing and intelligent. And one day may have a girlfriend. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, anyway, sorry, I had to move out of his parents' basement. Uh, are you okay with rascally rabbits? A rascally rabbit? Uh, yeah, you know, they're they're cute. I never really understood them as pets because I've never met. I had when I was really young, I had a, quite a few friends that had pet rabbits and all of them were little devils like all of them were terribly behaved and would bite you and would run around and i don't think that's actually the rabbit's fault i think it's just because people think oh it's an easy pet they buy it they don't train it and then it's just a little bit of a rascal so i don't really see them as pets i do just i mean in alberta if you live in alberta you know there's there's jack rabbits everywhere just mm-hmm. you know you're kind of used yeah, we to don't have them, rats so. but we have like hairs have everywhere yes <laughs> everywhere yeah, so you get used to them, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird to think of them as a pet. Mm-hmm. I lived with a, had a roommate that, that had rabbits that ran freely around the house, and there was nothing worse than sticking your hand between the pillows of the couch to find the remote control and finding rabbit poop. So oh, that turned me off. God, see, yeah, no, no. That's why I, I won't eat pellets. raisins. Mm, don't eat raisins. Nope, not if you have a rabbit around. Dangerous. Now, they are cute, Um they can be, you know, they can be devious little, mean little buggers. No, it's duck hunting season. That, sir, is an investigation fabrication. It's wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. I say it's duck season, and I say fire. <laughs> oh, the mind games. Oh, the mind games. Bugs Bunny was a bit of a schemer, but he didn't ever bite, at least not anything other than carrots. Now, a comedian in Iowa is recovering after a string of vicious rabbit attacks from a cute little bunny. Some people living in the 1900 block of 1st and 2nd Street here in Perry say a cute black bunny patrolling their neighborhood has been far from friendly. This is why it aggressively lunged at the person behind the camera. Hey. It did more to Ramona Rustin. It just jumps up and bites me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just got bit by a bunny. Rustin says the bad rabbit then hopped next door to her neighbor's house. It came around to her car, and it wouldn't let her out of her car. 
Well, when she did get out of her car, it chased her up to her, her door. Rustin called Perry Police. A call report given to us by the police shows a 13-year-old across the alley from Rustin was also bitten by the same rabbit. The Perry Police Department said it's been a rabbit that's been around terrorizing people. The call report indicates the 13-year-old will be getting the rabies shots, a precaution Rustin, no, who says she is a nurse, has no interest pursuing. No, I'm not worried about rabies because when it bit me, you know, I didn't see it frothing out the mouth or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She probably. Yeah, I would. Probably that's did. probably just a free, just get the sh like. That's one of those ones. Just why, why, why wait? It you is, know, it is the deadliest virus on the planet. Like, if, if you get infected, only one person in history has ever recovered from rabies. But no. if you get the vaccine, you're fine. Is that a thing? Really? Yeah. Uh, London scary, texts man. in and says rabbits are not pets; they're food, and very I've tasty. Never had a rabbit. Me neither. Have you had rabbit? A uh, report from KCCI 8 News there, by the way. Despite catching the rabbit, police don't know if the rabbit has rabies. Rabies is extremely rare, with only 132 cases in all of Canada last year. Mm, I feel like that's not a number we put only in front of. Yeah, that's actually that's a valid point. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Don't uh, don't play around with that. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where I watch a YouTube video like explaining how it was, and then I didn't sleep because I was like, it does what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the, it ain't no joke. <laughs> Wild animals. Are you okay with, on the animal theme, raccoons? Yes, especially after watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Rocket Raccoon, that movie. That, I love that. Yeah. R r raccoons are, are adorable and they're, they're little goofballs. You know, they're a little, they're a little mischievous. I would never keep one as a pet either. Same with a rabbit because I feel like there's no good way to train them. But uh, there are so many images on the Internet of them being adorable and people dressing them up that I'm I actually prefer <laughs> raccoon pictures to cat up. videos. Oh, my God. Miss yeah, Josie's going to be mad. Uh, furry uh, trash know. pandas seem to be out for revenge in Texas. A recent raccoon sighting at McCallum High School in Austin Began with a dead raccoon found in a wall. On March 10th, mm -hmm. there seems to be a full platoon of raccoons on the march. Braun says he walked out of class to see a raccoon this week. And there was a raccoon that was getting sort of pinned up against that door by the officer. And eventually he was able to get it out of the building. Max Davis, a student. He says videos have been circulating showing raccoons falling out of ceilings and running down the halls. There was like a raccoon that ran out of a bathroom and then... It saw somebody, so it turned around and ran the other way. Braun says they even found a dead raccoon in the walls recently. It was rotting. Its corpse was rotting, and it was spreading its smell everywhere. Austin ISD tells us they are taking steps to address the issue in a humane and effective manner. They've set humane traps and will continue to monitor the situation until the raccoons are removed. But in the meantime, there are some concerns. I says one raccoon fell through the ceiling just feet away from a student. It was scared. It was running around and everything. What if it bit her? What if it had rabies? While it has caused concerns, it has also created a few laughs. It's gotten to the point where students have created a um, like fan account for the raccoons. But some students say if they come face to face with a raccoon, there's only one thing to do. I'm going to run. <laughs> what if it ran around? What if it bit her? What if it was a moose? I, Run. 
run, I guess. KXAN News, by the way. Noah Braun, sophomore who wrote about the raccoons for the school's newspaper, said his research uncovered the school's long past of raccoon problems. <laughs> what? Uh, there are articles you can find from the 90s, early 2000s, even 2010s talking about this. The Austin Independent School District said officials are working to rid the school of its unwelcome visitors. Well, here's a tip. Give them to Ryan. He'll dress them up and put them on the Internet. I will pay other people to do that for me because I don't want to get scratched. Mm. Um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of text messages about what um, animals people will eat because of this. And some of it has me a little uncomfortable, got to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, a couple mm -hmm. of these are a little... Yep. All right. Mm. Um, uh, same thing with turtles. They are food, not pets. Uh, no, turtles are I... so awesome. Uh, free bowl, though, for the soup. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, I've never had turtle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is the Shift Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. I live in Alberta. And so if you live in Alberta, you probably know somebody who's a farmer. I, I'm kind of lucky that way. I've, I've met a few, uh, you know, uh, Spencer Hilton is a farmer. He They do lots and lots of uh, agriculture. They actually have a brewery in Strathmore. They do uh, a ton, like huge, six combines huge, I think was the last time we chatted about that. And um, then I have my buddy, Pat Coons, and he's a farmer. He's a rancher as well. And Pat does not. He's a family farm. The thing about this is it's, I think it's easier to get your children involved in agriculture when they see agriculture. It's hard to get children who have never been around a farm to be interested in farming and agriculture. A couple of reasons. Land is very, very expensive uh, these days. I even know another guy who's a, he's a land investor and he just buys farms. Then he leases them out again. So, you know, the opportunity to buy the property and not farm it, let someone else do it, is also there. But how do you inspire kids to get into agriculture? This is a conversation we've heard year after year after year. And there's a program and a gentleman who is trying to do exactly that, trying to bring young people to be inspired into farming, which to me makes a lot of sense based on uh, a couple of things that are going on socially in the world. Uh, Benoit Curé is here with us. He joins us from Quebec. Uh, Benoit, hello. How are you? I'm pretty good in you. I'm good. Thank you very much. You're uh, south of Montreal, where you're joining us from today. Tell me about young people and agriculture. What are we seeing today? Is it difficult to get young people involved or are they eager to get involved? Uh, I, I won't say it is difficult because we have uh, uh, tens of hundreds of young people interested in farming uh, here in Quebec. And we have a lot of, and a lot in uh, agricultural schools, the, the difficult point is to give the opportunity to these young young people to have access to farms or uh, just the land to, uh, to to be a farmer. Like they want to be, they have uh, courses to farm and they have the will to farm, but they don't have access to a lot of money because when you're in your early 20s, you don't have uh, millions in your pocket to buy a new farm or to start a farm. So that's the major issue we have right now in the agriculture in Quebec. Now, we see this across the country that the land is expensive. 
technology has helped farmers become more efficient, but in order to compete today, you have to have the technology. Uh, some of the technology as simple as combines with GPS positioning, right? That's expensive. And these are some of the costs that people are, are faced with. These combines today estimate a million dollars, right? Like they, they are, in some cases, a million dollars to buy one piece of machinery. So these are the kinds of costs that, that young people would be facing if they wanted to get into agriculture? Uh, yes, those, those costs, um, lack of pieces in some industry because of the uh, kind of pandemic situation during the last years, uh, inflation, uh, rise of the cost uh, of the land. It was like uh, last year in Quebec, the average uh, increase in the, the, the agricultural land was 10%. So it's each year, 10 more percent, 10 more percent, 10 more percent. Right. And um, just at the end, like year after year after year, it makes that farm is uh, so big and so uh, expensive. Like between 2000 and, uh, 2011 and 2021, so in 10 years, the average dairy farm in Quebec were from... Uh, uh, went from 2.4 million to 5 million. So we doubled the, the value of the farm in 10 years. So you, hmm. it's not just like just the machinery. The machinery, the land, is the farm, is everything went up. So the, the young cannot just afford that now. Yeah. Uh, well, and that that's huge. If you think of most careers, the cost of going to school, which would be another part of this. A lot of the agriculture kids go to school to learn about environmental studies, erosion, all of those things that come with it. So your tuition costs are also up $50,000, $100,000. Do you get a degree or diploma? What, like, how do you go about this? This gets expensive. Okay, so what are you doing uh, here to help these people out? I mean, Benoit, it must be difficult for a young person to see those numbers and say, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to afford a farm. I'm going to be a farmhand for the rest of my life. So how do you go about that? How do you how do you connect these young people with a future in agriculture? We try. We try to <laughs> we try to to bring those young people to farmers that want to sell their farm or sell part of the farm or just rent a land. And even if for some young 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 farmers, uh, renting a land is not a a good option. They want to, to buy it. They want to own the farm. But for some other farmers, renting a path is just a way to have the kid in the corner of the eye and say, okay, go kid. Do what you have to do and show me that you can run a farm on a small part of the farm. I'm going to rent you this path, run it, do what you have to do. Then maybe in a few years, Come have a seat, and we're gonna talk about um, maybe like buying the old farm or a bigger mm -hmm. part of the farm. But for for some old farmers, just just renting the pot is a way to let the young one do the the, the, the make their proof. Mm -hmm. And we we try to put those persons together to try to. Um, 
to discuss about their values, their will, what they want to do with the, the farm. How do they want to start a new farm or how do they want to uh, transfer the farm? So we are here to help them think about that project and connect those people. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, and I imagine as the old school farmers, like you said, sort of the old folks there, I mean, they are getting so much older, getting closer to the end of the of the line. And it's not like it was 50 years ago or so when the young children of, of the farmer were all pre preset to become farmers after it anyway, some of them go off to become doctors or nurses or truck drivers or, or something else that that is not necessarily based on the farm anymore. Exactly. We have less and less uh, person in well, not less interested in, but uh, the 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 the, pop, the population interesting in farming is uh, fewer each year. That that's for sure. And um, so we have the the, the average. Um, sorry for my English. The 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 the, <laughs> the average uh, age of the farmers is just went from. 53, I think, to 55 in the last few years in Quebec. So the, the, the farmers are getting older. And what we have here a lot are guys past their 70s and they said, yeah, I'd like to maybe, maybe sell. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm getting old. And my doctor said I should stop. My yeah. wife wants me yeah. to stop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah. and they don't have the time to do like a, a, a smooth and easy transition. Like when sometimes when the the, the, the doctor, doctor excuse, when the doctor said you have to stop, sometimes you have like three, six months, one year to, to do it before right. it's very hard to do it. So, Well, it must get more difficult too, because I mean, a farm is not for the most part, just something that you buy and it's there. It's perfect, right? Like a farm yeah. is a lifetime full of work. And for these old timers, they, they, that's their life, life's work rates there. So they know if they stop working, the amount of work it's going to take to rebuild it versus sustainability, which is just keep it alive. And the amount of work that takes, I mean, there's a big distinction between those two pieces of what the plan could be. And, and I can only imagine for the old timers to be able to sit back and say, watch all of their work fade away because they can't maintain it. And that also devalues the farm anyway, which doesn't work in their big picture of retirement as well. Yeah, and, and most of the time they don't, like, they don't know what to do else. Like, they, they've done that all their life. It's their life. They're, 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 more than, it's not just a work, it's a life, lifestyle. You, you, you work on the farm, you live on the farm, you're there seven yeah. days a week. Uh, the, uh, oh yeah, depending on the season, you're always there. So, I've been I've been a farmer a few years. I rented uh, a place, and the old guy wasn't sitting at home and watching TV. He was on his tractor all day, or in the in the bush cutting trees, or in the field. He, he didn't stop. We were there. We were taking over, but he didn't stop because he couldn't stop. That's that's it was in his gene. Yeah. And not to mention, it's not like most farmers want to move away 
and go live in an apartment no. in downtown Montreal after spending their <laughs> lives on a farm either. Uh, so it's not like they're going to go anywhere. This is fascinating. Ben Wakure is our, our guest here. It's about connecting young people into farms. Okay, so you introduce young folks that are eager to rent or lease or uh, learn and study underneath a farmer to maybe one day buy, take over, assume the property. How's it been working for you? And have you seen some success with uh, with young folks? Yes, uh, the, the service is uh, in operation in Quebec for five years now. And we uh, put together more than 660 person. So we, we had uh, a lot, it's an average of two or three um, connection we do like each week for the, the, the really? last five years. And that's really good because it was the number of farm we lost in the previous year. In oh. the, there was a census from uh, Statistics Canada uh, in 2021, I think. Uh, and Quebec and I think Alberta are the uh, two, uh, only two provinces that didn't uh, lose farms between uh, 2016 and 2021. Wow, that's so, fascinating. So, and, and uh, I think we are part of that transition in mm-hmm. Quebec that, that changed. Yeah, I would say. I, 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 I won't say we will have all the credit because we are not just the only one working on that um, on that thing, but I think we have a, a major part in it. We change we change from decreasing uh, losing farms to having uh, the the same numbers from the last two years. We 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 have the same numbers of farms like some close and some new stuff, and we are on the same level for the the next two years. I think in Quebec. That's great. You know. It makes sense to me, this gener- younger generation, they talk about saving the environment and social causes and complaining about inflation and all those things. And yet there is an opportunity to work in an industry where the number one most important item is the soil. It's the dirt every day. The number one asset a farmer has is that land. And if you wanted to be socially aware about the environment and you wanted to create a future where it was self-sustaining for you, having a farm is the, the it's the way to go i mean it it only seems like the future when you look at cost of food and all the pieces in between there's a couple of industries in the world today that look really really long-term great careers an electrician because you're going to work with electricity and there's going to be more demand for electricity right that's one great example for that another example is probably in computer science right whether it's computer science or cybersecurity, both of those are going to be incredibly important. And food, food and agriculture and all the science and research and development going around farming and food. Those to me seem like a really great way to build a long-term healthy future for your family. That's, that's why I, I started farming uh, when I was 15 because I look at all the options I had to to study and to work thereafter, and I said, whatever the work will be, you always will have to eat three times a day. So agriculture is um, the, the the one of the uh, uh, one of the sector that will always be growing and will need person to work in it because. We will need food anyway. There, there, there can yeah. be a major 
tsunami tomorrow. There can be a volcano interrupting everything. We can even lack of electricity. We will need to eat tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We will have to eat tomorrow or we won't survive. So that's, that's why I chose farming and the agriculture in, in my young, <laughs> young years. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, thank you for this and and the connections. I think it's inspiring. And for everybody who's listening now, I mean, getting young people in front of agriculture is a great way to go. The agriculture support industry is a great way to go. The heavy-duty mechanics, the agriculture equipment repair, um, all of it. It's a it's a fantastic career that supports and all of that. I'm lucky because I have a friend that uh, that works inside agriculture banking. And so I've been able to meet angel fund investors, brewery owners, mega farmers, little farmers, um, family farms. And it's a fascinating way to live your life. And if you ever wanted to be connected to the, to the earth and be able to live that grounded life, it's a great way to go. And Benoit, thank you for your time. Thanks for being here. Artera is the name of the uh, organization. We'll put a link up at shiftheads.ca on the Facebook group. So you can connect with that and learn from that. This example is in Quebec, but the reality is, is it is all across Canada. Uh, farmers everywhere are going through all of this. Yes. Uh, we, you have a, a young agrarians in the western part of the, the country, which is doing pretty much the same in uh, British Columbia and uh, trying to do the same in Alberta too. They are trying to connect people and giving uh, uh, information to people that want to uh, to start in agriculture or to take over on a farm. So uh, we're, we are not the, the only one here in Quebec. There are other initiatives across the country and we want to have uh, farms in the, the the years to come we want to uh, help people uh, start in, in agriculture uh, thank you Benoit for the info it's been great to meet you and, and chat about this thank you thanks for listening to the shift podcast make sure you subscribe rate and review the show and share with anyone you like get it on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify and CuriousCast.ca 